Hi, welcome to Lead a Horse to Water. My name is Howard Paley, educator, storyteller. Our podcast is about mentorship, leadership, and what we can learn from each other. Today's guest, Adam Zisa, will be asked the four questions to share a mentor and what he learned from them, to discuss the best advice he's received and the best he's given. I really found Adam's approach to caring for ourselves and others, it truly resonated with me. One takeaway was what we learn by observing others. Others model for us and we model for others. Listen for those nuggets that revolve around mentorship through modeling. Listen how often he references and emphasizes communication. The podcast is called Lead a Horse to Water, and how else? Can we make others thirsty for knowledge unless we're using communication? On to the podcast. Hi, welcome to the show. Today we are very fortunate to have with us a son, a husband, a motorcycle racer, a skateboarder, a counselor, a nurse, and yes, a Guinness Book of World Records record holder, and I guess most importantly, my friend, Adam Zisa. Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mr. Howard. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Did I miss anything on my on my bio? Oh, no, I was excited you got the world record in there, only because I am proud of that, even though it's been, uh, it's definitely been beat by somebody that was way more obsessed with this than I was, but um, still, it's a cool fact to throw on the resume, and I just, I think it's fun to share. I love it because it also shows a commitment to something. Oh, yeah. You know, you can can't get her world record unless you really committed to something. So I, I really found that to be a great tidbit as well. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to kick right in. And the question we always ask to, to get us started is tell us a little bit about yourself and your current role. Uh, well, who I am now, I try to be a positive influence on most of my friends, my social circles, and uh, kind of like a coach. I don't know if you'd call that a mentor, but... Um, Lately, while I was in nursing school, I was doing uh, motorcycle coaching just for myself, and I realized there was such a need for it in the community, so I started to help other people to not get into motorcycle accidents, how to be uh, better at the racetrack, and and just how to actually enjoy such a dangerous hobby. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, like you said, I I am a son, I am am a husband, um, and with my current nursing role, it's not so much like sexy nursing that you'd see on like Grey's Anatomy or something like that. It is rehabilitation nursing. Um, I'm helping people that have just had hip replacements, strokes, been involved in other uh, motor vehicle accidents, just helping them get back to their activities of daily living. So uh, a lot of it is cheering people on for those first steps post-hip replacement, and I'm literally following them with a wheelchair yelling, yes, you got this, let's go, like just hyping them up. So I'm a, I'm a paid hype man with a nursing degree. <laughs> I will tell you, you know, nothing wrong with the uh, addition of cheerleader in any of our jobs oh, yeah. that we do, yeah, but, nice. but I, I would be remiss if I didn't connect what you said about coaching, mentoring, instructor, friendship, uh, uh, parenting, whatever it is, all these things, they all share so many roles. And I don't know, maybe maybe experience plays into the difference between them. And, and some of them are things we may have read about. Some mm-hmm. of them are things we may have experienced. I think when we can share experience, uh, our experiences, gosh, that that's above instruction. You oh, know? for sure. 
And so, uh, but I also have to say, rehab nursing, there's a connection to that world record holder there too. That, <laughs> you know, just that idea of the commitment to the goal. So uh, yeah. uh, thank, thank you for what you do. And thank you for the influence, the positive influence you've had on, on me and the people that I know. Uh, so let's get started with our four questions. The okay. first one is, outside of your parents or the people who raised you, uh, share with us a mentor in your life and, and what was that relationship? Uh, her name is Marie, and she was my supervisor at a counseling agency that I worked at in Winchester, Virginia. Uh, she's an incredibly smart woman. She was always cool, calm, collected, uh, even when I would come in literally cur trying to curse her out. <laughs> for Why'd you give me this client or what's going on? But uh, yeah, she was my supervisor um, and just somebody that always had the answer, always got me to go from a state of heightened emotions down to let's be more realistic with our expectations and what we can achieve with the resources that we have. You can still aim high, but this is how you're going to get there. And we would start at that point. Um, do I share the advice now? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I, I mean, I always want to know what's something that you, you learned from her that has been valuable both maybe in your personal life or your professional life. Absolutely. So for personal life, um, I guess this is one that she gave me about relationships. It was before you get married, uh, you decide your non-negotiables and then everything after that is easy because you already agreed to figuring everything else out except for those non-negotiables. So could be, yep, we will figure every single part out. We'll solve all problems. But if you ever eat pickle juice in front of me, I'm going to leave like now nah, it's done. So, um, that was pretty cool because that made things simple. Um, you don't have to worry about what's gonna come up because you've already discussed if it's any of these two, three items, whatever they are, are non-negotiables, I'm out. Everything else I've already committed to you, committed to us, committed to our family that we're gonna figure this out. So it just became very easy to figure out relationships at that point. <laughs> right, right, right. But you know, it's so funny, I, I hear that. It, you know, can't I apply that? to like getting a new job. Before you get that new job, decide your non-negotiables. Oh yeah. Maybe I can apply it to buying a new house. You know, hey, before you buy that house, decide your non-negotiables. I, I, I just think it's such a powerful piece of advice and I love that she connected it to marriage and relationships. So, uh, okay. Well, that was only one. I, 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 I know that there, I know. Oh yeah, I made a uh, list. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm ready for a few others there. Uh, as long as we don't get into the best of the best. I want, you know, if it came from Marie, I want to save the, the cream for, you know, the next question. I think Marie's uh, best one that she gave me, aside from that, um, that really applied to counseling and it applied to, to medicine and, and motorcycle racing, pretty much all my hobbies is do not make someone else's emergency your emergency. And funny story about this, I guess, was when I worked for a principal um, in, the, in the district that both you and I were at, uh, her name is Sylvia. She came up to me and she said, hey, there's this parent outside and they're screaming and they're crying and they're wailing and all this stuff. And I said, don't make someone else's emergency your emergency. And she's like, Mr. Z, that's what they called me. Uh, she, she was like flabbergasted that I wasn't like, oh, I gotta run out there and save this person. The person just needed a drink of water. Like that was it. And once we gave her a bottle of water, it was calmed down after that. But if you feed into other people's heightened emotions, if you feed into their crisis, their situation, uh, you can't think objectively anymore. 
And another way I like to think about this, just to have some kind of visual for it, is you ever go and see a movie where the zombies are chasing that one person, mm-hmm. they get up to the keypad or the keys, and they can't enter the code. They just can't do it. Come on, come on, get in the door. But they got all these zombies behind them chasing them, and they just can't get the door open. They keep fumbling the keys, missing the code, whatever it is. A super emotionally aroused mind cannot think clearly. It just can't. (laughs) There's just so much uh, stuff going on distracting you from your purpose and the simple code that you've typed in every single day, and you can't do it because you're freaked out by all these zombies. So when you have somebody or a situation that is emotionally arousing, if you get involved in that, you can't think clearly. You can't objectively solve the situation as well as you could have if you just step back and say, that's what's happening. What can we do to solve it? What can we do to wrap around this situation? When you're in it, you can't see it. You're lost in the sauce. When you're outside of it, you can be more of the chef deciding what ingredients are going to make this better. Lots of metaphors there. (laughs) Hey, what do you mean I was going to go with physician heal thyself, you know, and and drop that one in with your medical uh, background. But, uh, you know, the whole idea of when you're too close to a problem. You know, I I, I guess I'm also going to say this. When you're too close to a problem, seek mentorship, seek guidance, seek a thought partner. Oh, for sure. Because they'll be the one that will tell you. I think you're a little too close to this problem and you don't know the key code, even though you do know the key code. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not going to steal away uh, opportunities to hear some of the other great lessons, but I'm going to jump to question three right now. Okay. But if we, we miss any, I'm going to make sure at the end I, I, I peel back for some bonus, uh, bonus advice. Sure, sure. But number three is what's the best advice that you have ever been given? So this was uh, right before I moved to Arizona. Um, a friend of mine was like, she was listening to me and everything that I was saying, and I was freaking out. The car was packed to the brim with everything. I'm not even sure I'm going to drive cross country because I was living in DC coming uh, all the way out here. And um, one thing that she said, and I'll see if I can read it verbatim, was every day there are people that go through experience or do what you are about to do. Most of them have way less resources, support, or intelligence. And somehow they are able to do it. And I was like, that's pretty cool. The people that are dumber than me can do this. Like, I can do it. Right, right, right. right. (laughs) Almost like, if he can do it, anybody can do it. It's possible. And that was very reassuring because uh, I think we all just need that reminder that we are capable. Whether it's uh, with a a new job, a big move, or anything. Like, even if you just needed to survive somewhere in the woods, the forest, or desert, like... Humans are capable. We are, we are designed to be our own Swiss Army knife. We have the resources. There is something that is within us. And um, crying about it is nice for five minutes, but actually doing something about it and realizing you can, you are able, that's where the empowerment comes in. And that's, that's what I really liked. So anytime I'm struggling, especially with this last year of just being a nurse for, for the first year, I was like, I can't do this. There's no way I'm going to be able to take on more than four patients. There's no way I'm going to be able to get all these meds in on time. My patients are going to die. And now I'm taking on seven to nine patients. I'm the one teaching people how to be a nurse and how to uh, get our new students involved in the field. And it's, it's so cool just mm-hmm. knowing that you can do it, that this is not an impossible feat. I, I, you know, another thing I thinks it resonated with me because I think we all are looking for a village. Mm. And sometimes that village is our friends, our family, uh, our relationships. But sometimes that village is just other people that are going through this. Yeah. yeah and that can, like, oh, wow, other people, 
Okay. <laughs> and so I've got my village with me now. And then I have those resources, those tools that you talked about as well. But I do think uh, as human beings, we are all looking for that village. So I, I love that one. Very cool. Uh, okay. Number four is uh, one that tends to stump some of our guests, uh, which is what's the best advice you have ever given? Um, I don't know if this is the best, but this literally just came up moments before I arrived here today. Um, and that was one of my friends, uh, she's going through, um, she's going through a tough time just emotionally and she doesn't know where she's at. She's very upset about everything that's going on in her life right now. Um, and I don't know if this is the best, but this is what I came up with. And I said, just like planning for your good days and celebrations and who you want to be able to spend time with to celebrate those good times, who you're going to invite to your birthday party or, or your, your recent promotion, you can prepare for the bad feelings as well. So sometimes people feel really lost in, oh, I'm really sad, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I don't know what to do. And they kind of just go into their room and, and sit there and they don't know that they have all these other people that they can reach out to. Um, they don't recognize their, their community, um, their tribe, their group, um, because they can't see it. They're too lost in the sauce. Mm -hmm. So um, you can plan for the bad times just as you can plan for the good times. So I'm, I'm having a great day. I'm going to invite my best friend. We're going to go out and get dinner, whatever. I'm having a bad day. I'm going to find my mentor, my support person, my, um, what is it called when people in AA, their, their sponsor. Right, right, and right. you have to have a contingency plan for when things don't go well as well. And this doesn't have to be for addicts or anybody suffering through anything that traumatic, but it can just be you're having a bad day. Who are you going to call? Like, who is your person? So my advice was... You can you can make plans for bad days too. <laughs> right, right. I, I love that, and and I think uh, you know it. Also, one of my things that I tell people all the time is we hear people and they're like, "Oh, that person, they've got grit. Mm -hmm. They're persistent." Yeah, yeah. And, and we act like grit and persistence is some like magical gift. We forget <laughs> that grit and persistence comes because bad things happen to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And so we celebrate grit, mm -hmm. but we should also celebrate what gets us grit, which is oh, yeah. those those difficult times. Also, you know, when I'm having a tough day, uh, I share with people sometimes, I'll say, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm going around the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. You know, like gravity is pulling you into a negative place. Oh, cool. And so I think of that. But I'm going to have to start throwing in lost in the sauce because uh, <laughs> I like that one as well. Well, I know we've talked and I know there's other pieces of advice. So before we get to some of the, maybe some, some worst advice, if you have one, I, I wanted to make sure I haven't missed any other best advice pieces that we might learn. And if, if you know who they came from, please share their, their first name. And, you know, we always love hearing that. Uh, well, this one just comes from my mom. <laughs> so Marla, Marla, she uh, says, always take care of number one. She texts me that probably 14 times a week. <laughs> Smart person. She is, yeah. Always take care of number one. And if you need a metaphor for this, it's the oxygen mask theory. So when you're on an airplane, uh, if, if it ever goes into a lost cabin pressure, oxygen masks are usually released from the ceiling. And they always say this, they say it out loud and they say it in the manual, help yourself before assisting others. And some people can't get beyond that. Like, I gotta be the hero. I, got, I have the energy, I'm okay. I gotta help this person next to me. Okay, when your oxygen is gone, you're not helping anyone. So you do have to help yourself before you can help other people. Other people tend to think of this as, um, you know, fill your bucket where you, you know, compliments, positive things, make sure your bucket is full before you can go and replenish the buckets of other people sure, around sure. you. Um, and I, 
I do take that to heart, almost to the point where it's like, it, it's almost who I am. <laughs> like, right. I, I feel really bad because the word ruthless kind of has this negative connotation to it because it does mean, you know, take care. You only care about yourself. You don't care about the needs of other people. Um, but I, I do have the word ruthless tattooed on my spine, and uh, it's, it's kind of a joke because I do help other people as much as I can, but I, I never skip myself. Mm-hmm. I am I when I grab dishes for both myself and my partner I'm definitely grabbing one for me right right I'm gonna help myself out um and that's just so I can make sure that I'm a good resources to the people around me um good resource to the people around me so another example of that is if you go in as a nurse and, and you go to your floor and you don't have enough sleep enough nutrition you just got a flat tire on the way to work, or for me, it's more often speeding tickets on the way to work. Um, <laughs> you're not going to be the best nurse that you can be for other people. Uh, so you do have to address your needs before assisting others. Um, she, like I said, she texts me that all the time. So that's one. I you know, and I, I always, uh, and the one that hurts is as I've uh, uh, had the opportunity to go through therapy, uh, one that hurt me but is so true is you cannot love someone else. Until you love yourself. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, some of us Damn. that struggle with loving ourselves because we know the mistakes we make. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have to be reminded how important that is. So uh, I think that connects with always take care Can of Can I add on to that one? Absolutely. I was just talking about that. Um, because, yeah, I had another friend who's going through a divorce. Um, and I, I, I've been married previously. And um, I couldn't think about what was next. I couldn't even, like, uh, the next hour, I couldn't fathom, what's my life going to look like? And I had to remember that, you know, even before her, uh, mm-hmm. before any partners, like, I did live with myself. Um, <laughs> I somehow did it. Who knew? But um, one of my classes when I was earning my master's degree in school counseling was um, we had to learn how to love ourselves. And the way that they would do that is take yourself on a date. Go to a movie by yourself. And people were crying that they couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And they were they would write in their journal, it's impossible. It just, I'm so embarrassed to be alone and all this stuff. And I was like, well, fuck it. Like, I'm good. Sorry. <laughs> we can edit so that good. out, I guess. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, well, uh, I will, I'll do it to myself. And I started going out, not to like, oh, just McDonald's to have like a sad lunch by myself. I went to nice restaurants and I loved it. Right. And I became friends with like the servers. And so they had a menu prepared for me. Why didn't you have to make a decision? I had my own booth. It became this really positive thing that I was looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Adam dates. Right, right. And right. Uh, it wasn't something to fear. It was something to embrace that I get this time with myself. I don't have to pretend to be anybody. I don't have to placate anybody. I don't have to listen to anything. I can do exactly what I want and meet my needs so that I'm good when I go out into the world and, and maybe go on dates. Or, but but it connects to also, you know, in, in, in the Jewish faith, uh, and I am Jewish, but I'm not going to proselytize anybody <laughs> here, but one of the tenets is uh, repair the world. Okay. And when I was younger, I used to think, oh my gosh, that's daunting. Mm-hmm. Repair the world, peace on earth, food for everybody. And then as I got older, I recognized that the responsibility is not to repair the world, it's to repair my world Ooh. and now it's it's even more daunting because it's possible <laughs> you know yeah. that i can change but my world starts with with yeah. me so repairing my world means starting with taking care of yourself so just so many connections to that idea so mom 14 times that's not enough <laughs> <Texting> <laughs> take that care more. number one 
Okay, I'm going to move into our last official question. It's the okay. bonus question. It's, uh, what's the worst advice you've ever given or received in your life? And you can pass on this. No, no, I'm definitely not going to. Because <laughs> the worst advice that I have ever been given is don't do it. And, like, it, it, it was... It wasn't a situation to, like, save me from jumping off a cliff. It wasn't anything that was going to be harmful. It was, don't do it. Stay where you're at. Be comfortable. And I can't stand that concept. <laughs> like, it's nice to appreciate what you have, live in the moment, sure. But if there's something you really want to do, the only thing that is going to pass by you not committing or making that decision is time. And ultimately, we only have so much. Right. So... Just do it. <laughs> Just I like do what it. you I want to do. Well, that, that brings us to the end, but I'm going to give you, open the door. Anything else you'd like to share? Any other thoughts? I don't want to miss wisdom. So uh, <laughs> uh, I figure I'm going to let, get, give you a moment to glance at notes. Okay. Uh, well, the last one. This is uh, it's kind of silly, but whatever. Uh, but I, I promote this pretty often. Is, uh, don't take life so seriously. Because you're not going to make it out alive. Like, none of us do. And you and I actually talked about this uh, shortly after you retired where, you know, there's there's all these important people. There's parties that we have to host. There's, like, get-togethers, building relationships. And at the end of the day, and at the end of your lifespan, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, it's nice to care about it. And I don't want to sound like a nihilist, like there's no meaning to anything. But... Um, it doesn't always have to be as big of a deal as you make it. And uh, I remember it was at that party we were like, Chris, we were uh, freaking out about are the lasagnas going to be ready in time for everybody to, to enjoy them? And it's like people aren't really coming for the Costco lasagnas. Yeah. <laughs> They're coming to be with people that they value and, and they want to spend their time with them. So, um, yeah, it's don't take life so seriously. You're, you're not going to get out of it alive. I love it. And I know I often say to people, you know, you can't just get in line again. <laughs> so you might as well enjoy the ride because uh, this is the ride. And this is this is the e-ticket right here. Oh, so I like enjoy it. it. Uh, and I also know I love, there was a, a, that brings to mind this idea that uh, I say all the time, more good times. More good more times. More good times. I mean, that's what we're here for is more good times. So, Adam, I guess I'll say this. Thank you. Thank for you. For joining us and bringing... More good times. <laughs> it was a good time. Thanks Look so forward much. to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Adam. Thank you, Eric. You know, I'm just going to say it. I love candy. And I especially love good candy. And if you want good candy, head over to Espy's Candy. That's E-S-P-E-E-Z candy.com. Pick up some gold mine nugget bubblegum, my favorite. Or maybe... You're going to order some rock candy in your favorite color made just for your organization so you can give it away to your clients. Anything you want, if you love candy as much as me, check out SB's Candy. Thanks to our guest, Adam Zisa. As we closed, Adam and I were talking about planning for difficult times. He talked about his mom's advice to take care of number one and I think of the movie cliche who are you gonna call and when things get tough it's not gonna be the Ghostbusters make sure you have the people in place to support you when things don't go according to plan he also talked about not taking life too seriously that nobody gets out of here alive 
and it reminds me of a story that I'm going to share called, It's Not That Bad. You know, many of us are fortunate enough to get to know our grandparents as adults. When this happens, we have insight into another generation, a culture that's a bit foreign to us. I never met my paternal grandparents, but I was fortunate enough to get to know my paternal grandmother's sister, my Aunt Sally. They came to the United States from Eastern Europe in the 1920s, and they spoke Yiddish and Hebrew, and by the time I got to know them in the early 1970s, their thick Eastern European accent was still present. But was also was present was that culture, that culture that they lived through, what they had gained, the perspective of a Russian revolution, of World War I, and the pogroms, and the pogroms, and, and so many other issues and problems that were different than mine. One day I was having a really tough day, and I was visiting with Aunt Sally. I told her that I was struggling, and I hadn't gotten the job I wanted, and, and my relationship with my significant other wasn't going well, and there were other worries, and I was sharing and commiserating with my aunt, and she listened and tilted her head and even had a little smile and finally spoke with that Yiddish Hebrew accent and said, you know, thousands of years ago, it was much different for our ancestors. At that time, it was food and water for survival and avoiding predators. There were so many predators. And she grabbed my hand and walked down her hall to a small secretary desk that sits in our hallway in our front room. And she opened the drawer and pulled out a framed writing that in Hebrew or, or Yiddish said, Essie's kind tiger. And although I could read the Hebrew, I couldn't translate it. So I asked her. And she said, with a big hug, there is no tiger. You know, with worries about the difficulties of life and, and the challenges of paperwork and, and the many trials and tribulations we each face, Aunt Sally provided a great reminder. There is no tiger. Thanks again to Espy's Candy. Thank you to uh, Adam and, of course, to our listeners. Without you, there is no podcast. This has been a Bob Tanawanovitz production.